Welcome to Breaking Through. I'm Madeline Bell, President and CEO of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Today's episode is part of my special podcast series, Where We Are Now. This series highlights CHOP doctors and researchers who are working day and night to help bring an end to the COVID-19 pandemic. They are working on the front lines and behind the scenes to better understand COVID-19 and to make the breakthroughs the world needs right now. They are developing innovative diagnostic tests and pursuing new treatments. And they are providing support and resources for communities and families, offering hope and help in this incredibly challenging time. My guest today, Dr. Audrey John, is deeply involved in all of this work. Dr. John is Chief of CHOP's Division of Pediatric Infectious Diseases. Today, she's going to tell us about the COVID-19 research the division is leading, including a project involving some four-legged detectives who have lent their noses to our cause. More about that in just a few minutes. Dr. John, since we're recording this interview remotely, let's begin by describing where we are right now. I'm in the Roberts Center for Pediatric Research at my office. How about you? Well, like so many people, I've been mostly working from home, except when I'm on clinical service at the hospital. And so right now I'm in my home office, much to the light of my dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. John, the world has changed so much since March. How has your own work changed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, unsurprisingly, like everyone else, this is not the year we thought we were going to have, but this is the year we've got. So I had actually only arrived at CHOP about six months before the pandemic hit. So my lab was really beginning to gear up. We had begun to set things up. We were getting experiments started. My main research is on the parasite that causes malaria. And really, we had to shut all of that work down, obviously, at the start of the pandemic. And so the focus of a lot of what my lab has been doing really switched straight to doing related work in COVID-19. So that's terrific that you were able to pivot your work. And on that point, you talked about your research, but at CHOP, we've really had to completely reimagine the way we provide clinical care during the pandemic. And the infectious disease team has played a really important role in that work. Can you describe some of the challenges we faced and how you've overcome them? Well, it's been a remarkable time, and I've been lucky to work with a remarkable group of people who have really risen to all the challenges. So I would say that every single person in the division has taken on some new role, some new responsibility as a part of this pandemic response. So obviously, we're also incredibly impressed with the services of the infection prevention group who have kept us all safe (laughs) during this pandemic and really figured out ways to keep us going and ramp things down and ramp things back up. And that's just been a massive amount of work. There's been simple things which are hard, like how are you actually going to staff when you've got people who have to be away from the hospital or who are stuck in New York because of different travel restrictions? So that alone has been a difficult challenge to answer. And then I think one of the most pressing needs that we had as a division was how to figure out how to care for a disease we'd literally never seen before. So it's been one of the most stressful, but also one of the most fulfilling things I've ever been a part of is to be part of the multidisciplinary group of people who've been figuring out how to care for both our children with acute COVID and the children who started to come in with this brand new syndrome that we were seeing in children of systemic inflammation after they recovered from their initial viral infection. You mentioned how we're learning more about this disease. And you also mentioned you've pivoted away 
from your research in malaria to COVID-19, can you tell us a little bit about some of the promising research that your team is doing related to COVID-19? Sure. So one of the things that we have been working on in malaria is ways to better diagnose that disease. You know, it remains a major problem, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa. And in that area, every single child who has a fever should be evaluated for malaria, and that requires a blood test. So we had actually been working on ways to diagnose malaria, looking at breath, so trying to develop a malaria breathalyzer test. And as we all know, one of the major problems with sort of managing this COVID pandemic has been trying to diagnose this disease, both at point of care when you have someone who you suspect might have the disease, but also as we think about how we're going to reopen society and get our kids back in schools, it's going to be really helpful to have very rapid and expanded access to testing. And so we really harnessed our skills in both collecting breath from children and also analyzing the compounds that are present in breath to really start to do that in children with and without the novel coronavirus infection so that we can identify biomarkers and ultimately try to develop a COVID-19 breathalyzer test and particularly one that might be useful for use in children. So many of whom are actually completely asymptomatic from this infection. And so it's really hard to test who you even ought to test. So having a simple test that doesn't require all the swabs, doesn't require a lab would be really a huge advantage. And one of the things that we've been really lucky to be able to do is to partner with the working dog group at Penn Vet. Cindy Otto has a group there and they have German Shepherds and Labradors who they have trained to respond to different human odors. And so they have some amazing work already trying to sniff out ovarian cancer in women, which is also a disease that's very difficult to diagnose. And so they were able to pivot right away. And so they've already got some samples and they are literally trying to train dogs to sniff out COVID-19 in both adults and in pediatrics. So they're using your previous work with looking at how to diagnose through breath and the dogs are sniffing that? Sure. So what we're doing is providing them with saliva and urine from children with and without coronavirus infection. And what they do is is sort of offer the dogs samples of one type or another, and they train them just to respond to the ones that are positive. So we don't really know what the dogs are responding to, but essentially the dogs are living, breathing mass spectrometers (laughs) who do all the math that's hard for us to do. They're integrating all of the different things that they smell and giving a very binary outcome. Yes, that smells like COVID to me or no, it doesn't. And so in some ways, actually, the dogs get us to the answer the fastest because really the answer we want to know right away is, did these two different conditions smell different? And if the dogs can tell that they smell different, then hopefully we can use our fancy mass spectrometer and also figure out what smells different. Wow, so exciting. You can sort of play that out in thinking about having you know dogs in schools or playgrounds and other areas to help us identify coronavirus. So we'll, we'll see how that materializes. Yeah, we're very excited about that. I mean, the opportunities would be at schools, obviously in malls, at you know, TSA screening checks when flights come into the country. There's many, many different applications for this. But I think there's both the sort of population screening things that you could do, but also just to have it in clinics and doctor's offices, not the dogs necessarily, but a breathalyzer test would be a great advantage. Yeah, although I think the dogs would be very nice to have in all care delivery. Oh, I wouldn't mind dogs in my (laughs) clinic. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to share with the audience about some exciting research that's happening in your division? 
Sure, there are so many exciting things that are happening. Well, there's just so many questions to answer. So one of the projects I'm really excited about is one that's looking at antibody responses to the novel coronavirus in both our healthcare workers and staff at CHOP. But this is really going to answer some questions of who in our environment are most at risk, who's getting infected, and, and really will give us some clues as to how to best protect everyone at CHOP. And then some bigger questions, sort of deeper questions about the biology of this disease in particular, this post-infectious syndrome that we're seeing in children, this MISC syndrome. So there's work that's ongoing to understand the immunology of that. What is the immune response in those children? And also to understand, is the virus that causes that particular syndrome somehow different than virus that causes asymptomatic infection in children? And so as we understand what the response is and who particularly is at risk, that will help us both protect children when they do get infected from getting this disease or understand who's at risk, and then also help us develop better treatments for this. You mentioned you recently joined CHOP. What is it about Children's Hospital of Philadelphia that allowed you and your team to pivot so quickly in your research and your patient care? Can you share your thoughts? That's a great question. Obviously, I'm thrilled to now be part of the CHOP family. And one of the things that really attracted me to this position was the chance to be part of what I saw as quite literally the best infectious diseases division in pediatrics in the country and the world, really. I think the pandemic in particular has really shown the ability of this organization to respond to challenges and the way that things just organized instantly around what are the most critical problems and what do we need to do was just absolutely inspiring. You know, you do kind of have to bond with a new institution and that was really, <laughs> it was a trial by fire, but it was absolutely an amazing way to bond, to really feel like I was surrounded by incredibly competent, organized people who were going to get the job done. It was amazing. And I think CHOP is a really special place for doing the research that needs to be done here, in part because the personnel in our group was already poised to do all of this work. I mean, we have absolute leaders in the field of infection prevention. We have absolute leaders in the field of clinical research and clinical epidemiology and pediatric infectious diseases. Absolutely, we had all the capital in place to do this work instantly and to instantly pick of it. It continues to be inspiring to see. So the one thing I, I like to do in these podcasts is to ask my guests about their personal breakthrough. Could you talk to me about your biggest breakthrough moment in your career? So that's a tough question, but what it really makes me think of is about my passion for undergraduate research and really getting trainees into a research environment very early in their careers. And that passion really stems from my experience as an undergraduate researcher, but particularly from one single moment. I was doing research in a lab that was studying fungus as an undergraduate. And one of the things that we would regularly do is streak the fungus out on Petri dishes, stick it in the incubator, and the next day you would come in and look at the plates and see the results of your experiment. And I had to uh, get in the lab very early in the morning because my principal investigator was very enthusiastic. And if I got in late, he would already have taken everything out of the incubator and interpreted it and, and have already come up with the answers himself. And so I was in the habit of getting in the lab pretty early in the morning. And one morning I got in and I pulled my Petri dishes out of the incubator and I looked down and I can remember it 
I can remember exactly where I was standing in the lab because I looked down and it was instantly clear to me what the result was. And I had just this powerful moment of realizing that there was a new piece of knowledge in the world that no one had ever known this before. And at that moment, I was the only one who knew it. And it was just a complete rush. I knew at that moment that I wanted to do infectious diseases and I wanted to do infectious diseases research. It was just a complete moment of clarity for me for what I wanted to do with my life. Well, that's such an inspiring story on so many levels. And I hope that you tell that story to undergraduates and building our pipeline of future researchers is just so important for both of us to do as we think about CHOP's future. So I really love that that's your passion. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right about the pipeline. I have at least three former trainees from my lab who right now are in various stages of preparing to do their infectious diseases fellowships. So I think that it's absolutely critical to get folks inspired by what we do very early on. I don't think you're going to have any trouble inspiring people to be an infectious disease doctor in the future. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Dr. Audrey John, thank you so much for joining me. To learn more about how you can be part of tomorrow's breakthroughs at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, please visit chop.edu slash giving. At CHOP, we make breakthroughs every day. I'm Madeline Bell. Thank you for listening.